here's one thing that I've seen. You have to keep putting it out there because the right person is going to see it. Let's get started. So today, all right, this is Tracy Green with Weekly Fascination. I've got Byron Kennedy here, and we just met Sunday. We at did a comedy show. So, <laughs> we did a new friendship. Yeah, so I'm just getting to know you. But the thing that blew my mind is you said I'm starting here in Tokyo and I'm going to do improv in, around the world. Yeah, that's my my goal. Uh, the, the moniker Improv Ambassador uh, is sort of my my new brand, and I've done improv for a long time, and I love travel. And I started a travel blog a few years ago, but there was always something missing. And I realized that that thing that was missing was I missed performing. So I, I thought to blend both of the things I love, which is comedy and traveling. And so now I'm on this quest to perform an improv comedy show in every single country in the world. How many is that going to be when you're done? Uh, I believe 197. 197. That's um, if, like, yeah. no new borders right. come into play. Right. Well, that. 197 <laughs> is the number I've decided on. Okay. Everyone can decide on their, their own uh, number. Um, there's questions as far as, you know, um, Vatican City or, or um, Taiwan, for example. That's true. Um, so, but somewhere in that range. But 197 is, is the number that, that I believe. Good, good. That well, I'm hopefully, for. one of your visits doesn't start World War III or something. No. Like that, so. But, you know, think of the clicks. That's so, <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate clickbait. The ultimate clickbait, World War. No, um, my, my, it's a mission of peace and, and laughs. And improv is a very a unifying force in people's lives and communities are built on it. Um, and you rarely get, you rarely get confrontation. It, it does happen, you know, because it's human beings. But it's a very supportive art form. And uh, I'm excited to, to spread it to places who haven't heard of it and, and to um, learn how people enjoy it when they have. So, Well, I certainly enjoyed it. We were at uh, <laughs> What the Dickens on Sunday night mm-hmm. with, let me get this right, the Pirates of Tokyo Bay. Is, yeah, absolutely. The, group. the, the to- Tokyo Legends. They, they're amazing. Like, they're great. I, I told you before, and, and I wasn't trying to like brag. Like I, I used to live in California, yeah. went to the Ice House to see all these major players, mm-hmm. and a lot of them moved out of L.A. now. And I met some of the, you know, other people. And what I was trying to say, and, and I, I think I kind of was clunky at making my point, is what I was trying to say is I've seen all these people who have Netflix specials, mm-hmm. and they have a certain stage presence, and you have that too. Yeah, wow. Thank you. Yeah. And that's why I was interested in talking to you, because yeah. on the first country of your 197-country tour, like you said... This is... It's Japan. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, it's... I love talking to people while they're on the journey. Yeah, and 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 what and what something else you said was I want to talk to you at the beginning of it, and we are at the beginning. Um, you know, I arrived Thursday from the United States, uh, which is my home base and where I grew up. I'm, I'm I've toured doing improv, you know, in 48 states over over 10 plus years, um, but to do it internationally is a very different vibe. But the the Pirates of Tokyo Bay, uh, I had met their the leader uh, Mike. Um, before, so there was a comfort level, and he he knew that I wasn't just some guy, you know, from from an improv jam, which is like an open mic of improv. Um, and yeah, so to perform with them in a relatively familiar setting um, was really helpful. And it just it, it's just a great crew. I, I liked every single person 
that I performed with most everyone but Mike I'd met that night, you know, wow. an hour before the show. So it really is like a a community building thing because mm-hmm. it, you guys look like you'd work together for a while. Yeah, and honestly, that that's a that's a testament to them and their cohesion. Um, improv usually doesn't work this way. Oh, you really? know, you don't you don't just form the dream team or whatever and and let it loose. It is it's about rehearsing together and building chemistry together. That is a major part of it. But if you have someone who's experienced at doing improv and has done a lot of shows, uh, I was able to join them and it worked because of their cohesion. They already had that connection. So I wasn't, uh, you know, I wasn't a monkey wrench in the works there. Um, I didn't disrupt what they already had. I, I just tried to complement what they already had, which was obviously, you know, came through on stage. Really good. It, it really did. I mean, I, I laughed. Good. I laughed. I, and honestly, and, and no disrespect to Mike or the, or the group, I didn't expect it to be that funny. That's good. That's a good. Honestly, like I've, I've gone to a couple, well, totally bad comparison. I've gone to a couple open mic shows sure. in Tokyo, a couple bringer shows in mm-hmm. Tokyo. And it was kind of like, ah, uh, okay. Were they improv shows? Uh, no. Stand-up. Stand-up, yeah. I mean, yeah. And that's also, that's comparing apples to oranges as you well. See, I think that's the mistake I make is I compare, because you're both on a stage, you're both making people laugh. Sure, for sure. But, but they're, improv is like a different y- animal, right? Yeah, they're, you know, stand-up is prepared material. So I think there's a higher bar, because there should be, because it is prepared, and it, in theory, you know, maybe not at open mic, but in theory, if you go see a polished stand-up act... They should have honed this over years most of the time to get to the place where they are. Improv, it's there's nothing planned. We're, we're making it up on the spot based on audience suggestions. So there is a sense of that this will only happen in this room. Like the show you saw, that's never going to happen again. The games will happen again. You'll see the same performers. But that show only exists, existed in that room. And part of why it worked was because of the audience and your response. And that's what makes this like. We're only going to see this performance tonight. Mm-hmm. It's only going to happen once. Yeah. If we come back tomorrow, you play the same game, same suggestions, it's going to be different, right? Right. It could literally be, and we wouldn't do that. You know, the, <laughs> the set list would be different. But if you came in four months, you might see four of the five this, the games that we did on Sunday. Um, but right, you could literally have the same people with the same suggestions in the same games, and it would be completely different. Um, but obviously we, we try and avoid, <laughs> avoid doing that, but that's the magic of it. Nice. Nice. And, and I used to play, uh, you can see guitars around this. Yeah. Room. Yeah. I uh, used to play in bands and there's always somebody who's like, you know, can I, can I sing one song with you guys? Uh-huh. And I made that mistake once. Sure. <laughs> once. Yeah. So when somebody like Mike says, okay, Brian, you're coming over to Tokyo, mm-hmm. you know, come, come join us for a show. Like that, that really shows that, you know, they really know their craft and that you've really put in the, the work too. You could, you could work together on the first night. And yeah. Make it funny. That was. Yeah, absolutely. Special. And you know, he knew my history and he knew that I'd been done hundreds of shows, but it also, it's a testament to his confidence in performing and his confidence in his group that he's put together to know that, you know, me coming in is not gonna, is not gonna mess everything up. Nice. So how long have you been at this? Uh, I mean, you know, theater camp, uh, you know, growing up and improv was always my favorite part officially in high school, uh, my senior year of high school. 
Uh, I started an improv team uh, there that's still going. Based my my biggest contribution to my my uh, alma mater. What's it? What's the troupe called? Uh, so it was called Comedy Sports, but 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 that is an established brand in Los Angeles of improv. So we were basically like licensing the name because they have a high school league. And so you play, you know, the points don't matter, but you you compete, quote unquote, against other teams around Los Angeles and it's fun and it's a way to spread it around. And then our school decided that we didn't want to pay them anymore. Um, we we hired away the person who had been kind of our coach from them and, uh, and created WIT or the Winward Improv Team. And the name of the school is Winward. Um, but I wasn't a part of that. I was just I just started it when it was comedy sports, and then I graduated. But sounds very witty. Yeah, okay. it is, and it's cool. They have alumni matches. I was just back there last year and played with them. You know, so it was very strange. It's, That's you know, awesome. Me and seventeen year olds on stage, um, <laughs> but it's very fun and it's very cool to have something that you started that's still going around twenty years later. That's that would be like me going back to see my high school marching band. Yeah, I, I didn't start the band, but I played. Okay, right. Played in the band. You know? Right. But then they, it would be like them asking you to play at the football yeah. game, you know? <laughs> I, would, so, I would do that. I, was, I would right? embarrass them and myself. Yeah, but, but it would be fun. It would be a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then college, I, I went to Virginia Tech. Uh, I grew up in Los Angeles but wanted to go east and see what snow looked like, uh, <laughs> which I'd never experienced. You used to go to Big Bear. <laughs> yeah, it's not the same. That's like, uh, but I mean, it's great. You can ski two hours from LA. No one knows that. That's right. Um, but uh, yeah, so Virginia Tech, and I was a theater arts major, and there was an improv club that I was a part of, but I, it just wasn't enjoyable. We never performed, and that was a moment in my life where I didn't realize that I could just start my own thing. That if you know, that was the improv club. Okay, great. So that's the, the part that, that's the team I have to be a part of. Uh, it didn't think to me that, oh, I'm in theater arts. I'm with a bunch of performers. I could start my own team. We have a great space here and we could perform once a month, which in hindsight is obvious. But at the time I just, I had trouble putting those things together. So that was sort of a, an off, um, an off period for me, you know, performing here and there. And then, um, graduated college, went back to Los Angeles, where I thought I was going to be an actor and a, a screenwriter and uh, took a level one class at the Groundlings, which is a famous improv school in Los Angeles. And you pay a pretty hefty amount of money to take level one and then you pass or you fail. And so out of 17 of us, two people passed to level two. I wasn't one of them, but the person who happened to be sleeping with someone who was on the main stage, who wasn't very good in my opinion, she did pass. So uh-huh. that was, that was an interesting, I was like, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out on that. Cause you, they want you to retake level one and pay, you know, you pay again. So that just wasn't for me. That wasn't my vibe. Uh, it was over in Hollywood, which was far from, from where I lived at the time in Santa Monica. And, uh, yeah, and then I was in like a like a <laughs> hodgepodge team. There was like a Craigslist ad or something for <laughs> it really was. This is I mean it was 2006, 2007. It was the Wild West. So this was a Craigslist team. We're we're at this thing called Barubes, you know, theater which was on the second floor of a mini mall in Hollywood at sunset and, and not Vine but around there and uh it was just, and it was fun, and I liked that crew, um, 
but it would just, uh, yeah, it kind of fell apart and the, the people didn't have a great connection. And then I kind of lost improv for a, a couple of years okay. and was out of it. Um, and writing and, and working at restaurants. And then a friend who I went to college with um, emailed me and said, hey, I perform at this theater called the Westside Comedy Theater in Santa Monica, California. Uh, and Santa Monica, uh, for L.A., it's sort of the ocean, the ocean town, the famous pier that was in Forrest Gump is there, and they have this Third Street Promenade, sort of a famous pedestrian mall that's uh, sort of the crown jewel of the area. And in an alley just off the Third Street Promenade is this theater, kind of a hole in the wall. There's a big, uh, you know, an office and a small black box kind of space. And they offered internships in exchange for classes. And I said, okay, that sounds fun. And so I went and I interviewed with the GM, who was a guy named Lloyd Alquist, um, who has since gone on to YouTube fame as Epic Lloyd and wow. the Epic Rap Battles of History. Have you seen those? I, have, um, I need to look it up. Yeah, yeah. it said uh, that, you know, billions of views and it's really funny, good, wow. uh, good stuff. Um, but are these, sorry, are these um, comedy rap battles or just yeah, rap battles? Okay. They are, yeah, they are, they're very, very funny. Nice. And they dress as the people, you know, the, I think their first big one was Darth Vader rap battling against Hitler. And oh so gosh. that was, you know, that was the one that shot them up into the stratosphere. And so now they'll just take pop, you know, pop culture icons or politicians and they'll, uh, they'll have them rap against each other. They're all like, about four or five minutes long and they just look great. They've got graphics. It's, it's, it's wow. a great, it's a great watch. There's so much material out there. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and these guys, you know, Pete and, uh, and Lloyd are just, you know, really smart and clever and they're good rappers, which, which makes it work. Um, but yeah, so I started interning and uh, I was sort of Lloyd's right-hand man during the day, uh, a couple days a week. Took classes, met people, got on a house team, which is sort of like the developmental team. You know, we perform Monday nights. Uh, got on their their marquee short form team, which is uh, the style that you saw on Sunday, different games, which is called Mission Improbable, and performed that Friday and Saturday nights, sort of the sort of the headliners, and then for um, auditioned and was on their touring team. So I moved to Chicago from LA and from 2012 to 2014, I toured full time with three other guys. Um, we basically were in a minivan and drove around the country and performed at colleges, um, all over, all over the country. You're a brave man. It was great. It was some of the, it was some of the best times of my life. And that was a great crew, Sherman, Dave and, and Matt. And we just formed these incredible friendships and that translated in onto the stage and just incredible adventures and a ton of driving and staying in hotels, you know, three and a half weeks a month. Um, but it was incredible. And then after that, you, you, your shelf life to do that life is about two years. <laughs> and, uh, even though I was a younger man, um, but it's a, it's a lot. And yeah. And then I went back to, L.A. after that, they, the, the theater offered me a job, a, a new position, basically operations manager, running the facility, um, um, ordering, being in charge of ordering drinks and stuff for the bar, and um, it continued touring off and on um, through that and then working at the theater and making sure everything ran, uh, the staff and stuff. And then in 2019, I started a travel blog, 
and called Totally Effin' Lost, which was, <laughs> um, which was great. Um, but it, it, uh, there were two, there were two problems with it. The first problem was I couldn't, I couldn't, um, I didn't have an elevator pitch. I didn't have a compelling reason why I, people should follow me and be interested in what I'm doing, uh, while I'm traveling. Um, and because it was like, this is comedy and it's travel. So it's like going to be a fun hang and funny stuff. And I take good pictures. I make good videos, but what, there's no hook there. Um, and the other problem was in 2020, I don't know if you heard about this. There was a global pandemic. No way. Which, yeah, really, really made the travel blog pretty exquisite timing on my part, I'd say. Um, so instead of traveling, I, I was, uh, at upstate New York, uh, at my parents, my parents have a, a farmhouse and I was basically grocery shopping, uh, for them so that they didn't die. Um, and yeah, and then 2021 kind of, you know, fits and starts to, to traveling. I went to Spain. I lived in Spain for three months briefly. Um, um, and, but it was always, I was still missing that thing. And, uh, earlier, um, this year, I, the lightning bolt hit me. And the first person I, I messaged was Mike <laughs> of the Pirates nice. of Tokyo Bay, because I'm like, you know, how does language work? If people don't speak the language, how do you do your show? And he said, well, it's bilingual. And then we had a conversation for about 15 minutes and kind of talked through things. And I thought, okay, I think this is doable. So I, I ditched totally effing lost, um, even though I, 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 it was also hard to tell. I, I would have to spell it out. So follow me at totally effing lost. And then I say E-F-F-N. Okay. And then, P, you know what I mean? It just wasn't, improv ambassador, great. You, you put it in and you can see it. It's it easy, just yeah. wasn't, <laughs> it was always a little off. Because I, I would wonder, because you can say anything on the show, like it's, I don't care what people say. Um, okay, good. You can drop F-bombs, whatever. But, okay, good. Um, so when you said totally effing lost, I was thinking, are you, are you just being, like, no. you censoring it? It's See? This is the, <laughs> okay. we, have, we have cornered in on another of the issue. You shouldn't have questions about the brand name of the logistics of the brand name. And also, and uh, my friend who runs social media for a big company said that people won't work with you and people won't want to advertise with you, even with EFFN. Which I was shocked by, but she's like, it's just not worth it for them to to someone to complain and whatever. So, mm. I always try, you know, as far as this podcast, like uh, I always put the I'll put the disclaimer in the middle, but also in the beginning, you know. But uh, my opinions expressed here don't reflect the opinions of my employer or oh, anybody yeah, of I course. work with, right? Of but course. you know, you always got to put that in there as the disclaimer. But. Um, uh, when I do, I do YouTube videos as well. Sure. Same, same name, Weekly Fascination yeah. on YouTube. And I, if you look in my fridge, there's like 10 bottles of iced coffee. <laughs> and I got those a couple months ago and I was going to rank them. And I thought, wait, what if I say this one tastes like shit? And then someday some bottler comes to me and says, yeah, we, we're going to pay you a million dollars to speak for our brand. But you know, that YouTube video you made way back. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think you might be overthinking that one. Uh, <laughs> here's the thing: if <laughs> if the shitty if the shitty iced coffee wants to pay you a million dollars and then doesn't because they they did their due diligence, I'm pretty sure one of the other nine are gonna hit you up because you've built a following 
And the way you built that following was because you ranked all 10 of them and you said one was really shitty. You know, you have to, there is a point where you've got to get to that point before you worry about, you know, getting to that point. Am I ever thinking that? Yes, yes. And I, but I recognize because I have the exact same thoughts. I have the exact same thoughts. Um, But I, but for what we do, and I, you know, I'm doing the improv shows, but I'm also, you know, producing content and, and reels and YouTube. Um, we, we have to have opinions about things because that's what is interesting and that's what people come for. That's true. And yeah. what's, what's your YouTube channel? Uh, uh, totally F or, oh my God. Well, no, 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 wait, no. Kill that brand. Uh, 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 yeah, it's dead. Um, uh, improv ambassador. Everything is improv ambassador, uh, which was the other thing. I came up with the idea and then I came up with the name at like 2 a.m. as I was falling asleep. And then I, you know, race to name checker without an E at the end where you see if it's available and where, you know, every platform it's available on. And it was available on every platform. So that got me really excited because that's unheard of that anything yeah. is ever available anymore. Yeah. So I locked it down and then I was up till 5 a.m. staring at the roof, just thinking of the possibilities. So but I knew that that was a good sign that that I was this excited about it and that it was I was able to use the name. It just felt, it felt different than before. The yeah. branding. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and even when I tell people what I'm doing in the name, their faces light up in a way well, that just they didn't sense. before. Auto, like, yeah. Look, all you got to say is it's just two words, improv and back. Improv. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Let me, you, you know. You say it for me. I can't, right. I can't no, speak. I'm going to change then. You know, I'm going to go back to totally effing lost. Uh, <laughs> this is a disaster. Uh, improv ambassador. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I was just saying how easy it is to remember the brand. Oh yeah. And all you got to do is say two words, improv ambassador. And I know yeah. exactly what that is. Exactly. Cause ambassadors go around the world and represent their country. They, that's it. Bring goodwill yep. and peace and love and all that stuff. And yeah, so, I, and I'm in an elevator with someone. I say, I'm, I'm, I'm improv ambassador trying to perform an improv show every single country in the world, period. Elevator pitch. Perfect. And now you'll get, you know, you, now, you know, I'm going to be funny and my content's going to be entertaining just because of that. And so. also it's original. I've never heard anybody say like, there's, you know, ultra marathon runners, like I'm going to run a marathon in every country or sure. I'm going to, you know, meet a girl in every country. <laughs> you know, there's a guy, there's a TikTok guy who's going on a, a date with someone in all 50 States. It can be done. Yeah, well, that's... Back to Craigslist. Yeah, exactly, back to Craigslist, all on Craigslist. <laughs> Where you meet all those quality relationships. Yeah. No, yeah, it is, I, I don't think anyone's ever done this before. I assume we would have heard a bit of yeah. it. Um, they would have had the URL. Exactly, so thank God, because, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's my corner now, but... So you knew you hit on something special. Yeah. You got on the socials. Yeah. So shout that out, Improv Ambassador. It's just song. Improv Ambassador. On Twitter, it's one character too long. So there's no E at the end. It's Improv Ambassador. Uh, and then, um, but yeah, Facebook. Instagram is my main my main squeeze. That's a weird way to say it, but... Uh, I'm not judging. <laughs> Instagram is where I've had the most success. Um, I've had a, I had a viral video there, which is like over 7 million views now, which is awesome and mind-blowing. Wait, and Instagram? Yeah. Let's bring that up. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you mind if I play that? Not audio? at all. It's uh so you're going to hear we're going to it's a very visual unfortunately. Okay. What I did was well, I love Game of Thrones. I and, love that series you're doing. Oh yeah, so this yeah. was the this was sort of the cumulation of that. Okay. 
I took a Game of Thrones clip, and then below it, let's see where, there she is. Okay. What I'll do is I'll... Yeah. So you're hearing the soundtrack. This is Game of Thrones? This is Game of Thrones. So I took a scene, and then below it, I put the actual location in real life. Okay. What I'll do is I'll screen grab this and just put it in the... Great. Yes. Well, actually, no, this is an audio podcast, so I can't do that. (laughs) That's hey. What am I thinking? We're yeah. we're uh, you can put it in the the so, uh, the notes. So yes, I will. Everybody, go to Improv Ambassador, and uh, yeah. it was August thirty first where he posted this. Right. And this is killer. It's the you one with the dragon. Yeah. That's a key, but it's cool. So uh, this is just something I've been doing. You saw yeah. the series really where it would be a photo, you know, that I would recreate, and that was fun because I'd recreate the scene, you know, with characters. But this one, I, the first time I'd done a video one where I'm like, oh, I should do a video and mimic the camera movement and then pair where it was. They're almost all in Spain. And it just ignited. So and you must have almost a photographic memory because if I see something, maybe the iconic opening of, was it Full House? Oh, okay, yeah. People go to the Bay Area and take a picture right, of Right, It's like, right. la, la. No, la, definitely not. I but, just looked at YouTube. Huh. And saw them literally seconds before I shot it. So there, wow. <laughs> I definitely don't have a photographic memory. I have a good memory. My recall is the problem. You, you have to kind of poke me with a stick in my brain, and then I can remember things. But yeah, no, YouTube is the was the great the great uh. uniter. Or, I you know I would research, and then oh these scenes were filmed here. I would go and watch it on on my at home on my screen. And get it, you know, or record it, just you know, uh, bare bones, and then and okay. then recreate it the next day. Nice. So. I should do that with anime scenes around Tokyo. Oh, f- for sure. That'd be hilarious. People would love it. Yeah, like okay, people I'm, love it. <laughs> I'm, I'm not an anime or manga person at all. Yeah. but I have like behind me, I have a drawer full of like anime goods. Okay. And manga goods, um, like uh, what's that one? Demon Slayer. I'm not which, familiar like, at n- all. Me, me either. Yeah, but. I started selling online on Facebook groups. I started selling like anime stuff. Okay. And people are asking me like, hey, can you get that? Because you're here. Because I'm here. Yeah. And and they just assume that I know everything about <laughs> anime. I'm like, hey, you know, season three where he wears the red cape instead of the blue cape. Yeah. I'm like, okay. They just send it to me. Because send me a picture. I want to make sure I make my customers happy, you know. Sure. Now, I was doing like, well, I think they call it arbitrage or something where, mm-hmm. you know, you get something for somebody, you send it to them. Yeah. And then you charge a fee on top of that for your time. Sure. You don't make a lot of money. It's just just kind of fun because... Yeah, but it's also... And so, Mike, there's a dog called a Kokoro who is this f- fluffy Japanese... There's a... Fa- I don't know. It looked like... Uh, look up Kokoro, um, Japanese dog. And my my girlfriend at the time and I discovered Kokoro and we fell in love and we, <laughs> we would always text each other pictures of Kokoro. And so when, uh, when it, they did a limited edition t-shirt of Kokoro, I, I had to get one and there was a calendar as well. Um, but it's <laughs> there, there she is. It's a poodle. Yeah. But, but, but with like a Ewok, like imagine an Ewok and a poodle, were like combined, yeah, and that's what Kokoro is. Uh, has passed away, oh, unfortunately. That's too bad. But uh, but Kokoro's Instagram account posts like she hasn't, and still rakes it in, darling. I know, right? Absolutely, darling. I know. Okay. Because this, 
I don't know what the type of poodle is, but yeah. this is very popular in Japan. Sure, yeah. Very popular. Yeah, with good reason, because yeah, it's yeah. like the darling. cutest thing ever. Well, the Japanese have this great relationship with dogs that goes way back, you mm-hmm. know, Hachiko. Okay, right? yeah. And um, yeah. I, I uh, in fact, when you go to meet somebody for a date, maybe this is true in the 90s, maybe not so much anymore. Okay. Maybe 80s, 90s, bubble era. If you ask somebody to meet you at Hachiko Square, mm-hmm. it's kind of like a, not a test of loyalty, but it's a, it's, you're saying, I will be loyal to you. I'll be truthful to you. Wow. Because the dog was so loyal to his owner. He waited there for nine years. Wow. After yeah. the master had died. And there's a statue there now, There's a right? statue there now. Yeah. And there's statues all over the country yeah. to that dog. Now, I somebody did inform me after I made a video about it. Somebody did inform me, but he went he went to the station because people were feeding him. Oh. The dog. Well, sure. So, yeah. Well, of course. Somebody's, <laughs> right? You got to feed him, right? Yeah. But he was, you know, sitting there waiting in the station for nine years after wow. the master died. So that's a symbol of loyalty in the mind of Japanese yeah. people. Yeah. And so if, if you say somebody like, okay, let's go on a date. I'll meet you at Hachiko Square. It's, it's kind of like a pinky promise. Like, you know, right. I will be there. But I what if I say it. like, that's really inconvenient for me. So I hate Hachiko. Yeah, yeah. I'm a cat. I'm a cat person. Yeah. Well, then uh, yeah. let's meet in Shinjuku. Yeah, you can, you can um, say that. Yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah. So we're big Kokoro fans, but there was a limited edition poster that you could only get here, and so Mike purchased one and very gratefully sent sent it um, to me uh, as a gift. So, but that there's a there's cool stuff that you can only get in Japan. So yeah. I love that what you're doing, but you should absolutely. Recreate it, and if you use the hashtags, I I think that's certainly something that could go viral for your stuff. Wow! It that, that the Game of Thrones is why I have a lot of my big following. Yeah, is because I did those recreations. So, oh my gosh! Yeah, and it's something you can only you can do, and and you've just given me a killer idea because I'm <laughs> doing stuff go. like, you know, the latest one was Am I a Weeb? Okay. What's an otaku? Show <laughs> okay, right? good, good, and uh, you know different things like. Well, one video is who who are the best YouTubers in Japan? Oh, cool! And and that yeah. was right after PewDiePie moved here. Oh, wow! And so there's pockets of people who know exactly who he is. Sure. And people who are trying to figure out from his videos where he lives. Oh, okay. you know? <laughs> yeah. And I think I figured it out, but okay. I'm not a dick. Sure. So I'm not going to post like I know where you live. Right. You know, right. I'm, I'm not yeah. sure like that. So yeah, blackmail is not 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 good. not in. And doxing people is just not. <laughs> doxing <good. So, laughs> and yeah. blackmail, just not yeah. the vibe. Go for the coffee thing. I mean, the money's I, good. <laughs> yeah, the money is good. Um, but the long term career prospects yeah. are pretty shitty. You know. But so. it's like a, I don't know. It's a cool thing. I think people connect with it because they love Game of Thrones, so they love anime, and then it's cool to see like, Oh, this is a real, this is an actual spot. And then, but uh, I was only able to, that's a real place that exists. Or recreate a scene from anime or something. Totally. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to do demon slayer cause it's like sword fighting. Okay. And he like decapitates demons or something. Yeah. I that would be tough. I can't get away with that. No, maybe, no, not yet. Not until you get a budget. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but as far as like, you know, meeting somebody at Shinjuku Station or something like you could totally recreate that. Yeah, and just split screen it with the the frame from Dude. the anime, and I think people would go ape shit for that. Dude, you've they did for the Thrones. Best freaking idea. Yeah, and again, that's a, something that you uniquely can, can do, do yeah, because yeah. you're here. So I'm here, yeah. Anything to do with Tokyo Tower? Sure. Uh, Which I went to for the first time a few days ago. It was it's cool, isn't it? Freaking awesome, right? I've been to many of those types of things around the world. 
And I thought I was pretty blown away by it. I thought it wasn't super expensive. Um, you get a free souvenir picture at the top. You know, you take your picture and then they put it on a, and they never, you never get those for free. No, uh, not I, Disneyland is like, yeah, I've taken many a gorilla picture in the gift shop when they display it yeah. and then I'll oh, yeah, sneak yeah. a shot and like, no, I don't think so. Not for and me. Those are usually bad anyways. Right? Oh, <laughs> oh, they're horrible, but it's like, I'm not going to pay the man. No way. Um, but Let's exit through the gift shop. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. They, they always dump you in the gift shop. Yeah. And the view was like spectacular. Yeah. So I, I was I was very impressed by by the Tokyo Tower experience. Mm. Another great view is uh, uh, Roppongi Hills. Oh. The fifty second floor observatory. Okay. Uh, if you're here for a long time, you can get a passport. Okay. Which in Japan, if you go to Disneyland, you know you yeah. get a Disneyland passport. Yeah. If you go to one of these observatories, you get the observatory passport. And Just where so you can go yeah. for a year. You, you can know, go anytime, yeah. yeah. Cool. Now, if you go one time, it's, it's really inexpensive. Mm. 52nd floor, and you can look down at Tokyo Tower. Mm. Oh, that's cool. Great date spot. I mean, it's on a... Today's kind of cloudy, but... Yeah. You know, um, and Tokyo Tower gets this kind of a hue around it, like this orangish yeah. hue in the fog. It's Yeah. Really awesome. It's cool. I'm very lucky. I can see it from my hotel room, oh my which gosh. is awesome. When oh I my gosh. when I first walked in and I opened the curtain, I, I posted it, but you literally hear me on my video, you know, because I'm documenting it, yeah. of course. And I go, wow, <laughs> which is it's tough to elicit elicit amazement yeah. from me a lot, oh, okay. but yeah, it's uh, it's very cool. I hadn't I hadn't been that before. It's, it's it before. really really beautiful. I um, there's a Japanese movie, black and white, filmed after World War II, and I, I want to say the Japanese title is San Chome no Yuhi. Okay. And the Japanese listeners are probably saying, "You idiot! That's not <laughs> it." You know? No, I, I want to say San Chome no Yuhi. It, it basically means like the, the third district sunset. Okay. Where Tokyo Tower is, yeah. and it's filmed, while Tokyo Tower is being built. Oh, cool. And it has nothing to do with Tokyo Tower, I think, if I remember right. Yeah. It's about a girl who moves to Tokyo to work for a major automotive company. Mm -hmm. And it just turns out that the company she works for is in somebody's garage. But it's got the same name as a major company. (laughs) That's funny. I like (laughs) that. So she gets duped into coming and working there. And they tell her, like, oh, you know, we have... You know, a dormitory for workers, which ends up being like the the, <laughs> the back couch. room, yeah, like right. the closet. <laughs> so she nice. feels kind of duped, but yeah, the the movie just showing the 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 life and times of people in in that time, yeah, when the tower's being built, and then that's very um, cool, really cool, really cool. I was in a photo studio getting a passport photo like years mm-hmm. ago, or maybe driver's license, whatever, and they had a picture. It was a still from the movie, and the photo studio was actually in the movie. Oh wow. And they said, hey, we were in this movie. That's cool. Really cool. So um, anybody who can find the right title, uh, let me know. Sure. uh, It's it's a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I I, I love this town, uh, Japan. I've been to 46 countries, uh, and Japan is at the top of my list. I've been here before. I'd done shows um, for for on Navy bases with my company, uh-huh. um, but you know it, we were doing an alcohol awareness show, you know, okay. sort of comedy and alcohol awareness and improv mixed um, for the Navy. So I've I've performed in Japan before, but I'm not counting that. It's not a it's a, it was a different vibe, and um, 
Yeah. So, um, but I, I love this country. I, I think it's great. And uh, yeah, I'm going. I'm I'm heading to to the south to more rural parts for the rest of my uh, my adventure here um, before heading over to Korea for the next the next performance. That was going to be one of my questions. <laughs> what's next? Yeah, uh, Korea. I'm I'm talking with the folks over at uh, Seoul City Improv. Um, mm. And we haven't locked anything down yet, but I, I'm I'm optimistic. So um, please, or just post it on Instagram because I have oh, friends I will, yeah. in Korea. <laughs> uh, uh, no, if, yeah, I'm, I'll post. If I'll post in, it. I'm sure you will. <laughs> Believe me. Don't leave that on the table. Yeah. yeah. So no, I have I have friends in Korea, and I'll, also I have friends all over the Asia because cool. of work and stuff. So yeah. whenever you post something, I'll make sure and. Fantastic. May, maybe get one or two people to one of your That'd shows. That'd be great. Right? That'd be great. And yeah, and and and. Another important part of doing the show with Mike is that he and, and the Pirates have a, just a great reputation. And the improv community in Asia, even though it's such a big area, is very small because it's not, you know, super widespread. So everyone kind of knows each other. So me being on his stage and him vouching for me um, has been extremely helpful as far as, you know, proving my credibility as far as, you know, not being just a random dude. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. I've never been to Korea before. Um, but I, I'm not, I do, I want to explore other parts of Japan before I leave because I don't know when I'll be back and I love it so much. Yeah, 196 so, more to go. So I know. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot. And my mom, my mom is, has expressed concern about some of the more, uh, disreputable places. And I said, uh, well, let me, let me do the easy ones first and places that, I can one can go and two maybe have improv and then once I clear those, that's it's gonna take a long time to just yeah. do those. So let's, let's start there. We'll start easy with a friend in Japan and and you know there's a great improv scene in Korea and Singapore and the Philippines. So let's do that and then um, you know we'll cross we'll cross the dangerous bridge when we when we get to it. When you get to Australia or before you get to Australia, let yeah. me know. I have sure. a lot of contacts in Australia as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. And. Uh, Europe, when you get to uh, around Denmark, Scandinavia. Yeah, know. I have family in Denmark. Great, there's a big so, improv community in Denmark. Is there? Yeah, uh, almost every European country has some sort of improv team or or theater, which is very cool. But and and that would have honestly that would have been the easiest place to start. But for my travel, my travels up until now for the past two years. I've basically been in Europe the whole time. Um, was in Turkey briefly and and uh, Australia, but I really wanted to change it up, and I also wanted to challenge myself, which which coming to Asia is is more of a challenge than than Europe. But um, but I you know I want, and I'm also kicking myself that I didn't think of this when I was traveling all around Europe because I could have forty countries could have <laughs> knocked. Yeah, I think it's like forty six <laughs> that I really could have. Really could have done some damage uh, in an improv sense, um, but yeah, I was in I was in Ukraine in late 2021. Um, Whoa! What month? Uh, September. So just before the buildup, on yeah. The border, right. Crimea. It was you know four months, five months before it happened, and there was no, there was no signal. It was there was the stalemate in the east, but that had been happening since 20, 2014, and there was no. There was no sense of it, no sense of it, wow. uh, and it was great. I went to Kiev. Um, there was actually an, uh, an American congressman there who, who was like at the same church that we Can were touring. That? Yeah, uh, uh, an American congressman, and um, he 
he was walking around. I think he had an hour off or something and was touring with a handler. Not a handler, but a guide. Handler's a negative, a negative word. It's got a negative connotation. Yeah, no, they weren't like, it was like that. And so he heard my brother and I talking. He's like, oh, where are you from? We're like, oh, we're from L.A. He's like, oh, I'm from San Diego. You know, and we're like, what are you doing here? He's like, oh, I'm a U.S. congressman. Uh, and I just met with the, um, you know, that I think the president of their legislature um, oh, wow. before before lunch. And we had a little break. And I said, oh, yeah, we're, we're meeting with him after lunch. Uh, <laughs> which uh, was not true. It was a, it was a joke. Um, but uh, yeah, so they were there talking about assistance of some sort. Um, but obviously things ramped up shortly after that. But it was great. I went to the countryside. I spent a week with a family um, in a rural Carpathian village. Um, and it was, a, it was really a moving experience. That, that's actually on my YouTube uh, as well, sort of a 20-minute video documenting that. So if you're interested in, in Ukraine um, s- shortly before the war, uh, you can see that. And I think it's a nice little time capsule um, because everything's changed now. I love time capsules. Yeah. Like there, there's a, you know, in Japan, the years, they have the Western years, you know, like 1980, 1990, sure. 2022, whatever. They also have the Japanese years. Mm. So now we're in the Reiwa era. Okay. And when the emperor changes, so the, the previous emperor, what do they say, abdicated the throne? Okay, left yeah. Left it to his son, uh, and then they changed the name of Oh, the yeah, era, uh, so. fairly recently, yeah, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. So it's called Reiwa now. Before that, it was Heisei, before that was Showa. And so I was born, I'm a Showa kid. Okay. Anyway, there's a, so Showa is like, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. It went on for like 64 oh, years. Oh, so I am too. Yeah, so you'd be yeah, a Showa. Yeah, 84. Okay. You'd be a Showa kid too. Showa kid. So um, there's an Instagram account called Showa Photography. <laughs> and they show pictures of Japan from the 80s. Oh, that's cool. And it's so cool. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> what I do is I take pictures of Tokyo now. Mm-hmm. Because in 20 years, yeah. I can go back to the same places and take a picture and everything's going to be different. Like you can see kind of over by Tokyo Tower, there's a huge tower going up. An office building? Yes. Massive. Yeah. I've heard different things, and I haven't looked into it, but I heard it's going to be the tallest building in Japan and maybe the tallest building in Asia. Wow. Um, and it's ma- the one directly across from the tower? Yeah. yeah like, you can see the... If you're in Tokyo, you can see the reflection see of it in yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And there were, yeah, there was yeah. cranes and things. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's Massive. fascinating. Massive. And it goes from, like... So in Japan, they don't really have blocks... Like we do in the sure. states, right? Yeah, right. They have like big areas, and sometimes streets go in in them and out of yeah. them, whatever. But this goes from one side of a massive block, yeah, to the other side, so you can go on two parallel streets, and and the building is between them. Yeah, this is and not it's like uh, a twenty acre development. This is not at like Tokyo Tower or the Space Needle or something. No, this is a. Thick rec- rectangle of yeah. a, a building. This is yeah. like a solid building. So the mm-hmm. the fact that it's going to be that tall, it kind of like blows my mind. Massive, yeah, massive. That's I don't know cool. what's going on in Japan, but you know, Rapungi Hills, uh, Hibiya Midtown, uh, Rapungi Midtown, all these massive developments going on. They're building everywhere, everywhere. And then this huge thing. It's near the Kamiacho area. I don't know what it's called yet. But it's massive, and with the economy the way it is, Japan has stagnated for, what, 25, 30 years? Mm. 
I don't know where all the money comes from. That was my question, too. I was like, because Japan, at least for me, seems a lot cheaper than it was when I was here back in 2017. Well, there's almost no inflation. Yeah. In wages, either. Yeah. I've told the story when I came first came in 1990, and I was looking for a job teaching English. They were paying 300,000 yen a month. Mm-hmm. Stayed here for a while, went back to the States, went to law school. Came back again a couple times, but I moved back in 2014. Picked up the Japan Times, English newspaper. And there was a job teaching English for 300,000 yen a month. Yikes. That was 24 years of no wage increases. Wow. In that particular job. I mean, other people might have... Sure, but that's, yeah, that's also a a big problem in the United States, uh, in my opinion. Others would disagree, but uh, yeah, um, the, the... the living wage is is very low for for you know entry level jobs in the United States, and it's creating a whole uh, uh, further separations. Um, and we have the gig economy and stuff. And right, I I um I work for a great corporation and uh, used to work uh, for a firm as an attorney. And uh, uh, but between, I've gone on to gig websites to get work to do, mm-hmm. and you know I can. I'm a lawyer. I speak you know, Japanese, read Japanese. I went online, got a translation gig, and uh, it was only one page. Yeah. And uh, But with the time zones, they wanted it done within like an, an hour or something. Wow. You know, and uh, we're going to pay this much. It ended up, and then they wrote back later and said, oh, you know what? We realize you're in Japan, so if you can give it back to us within 24 hours, no problem. Right. So I stayed up all night long. <laughs> And finish this translation, and then several iterations back and forth. And after about eight hours, it's like, you know, six o'clock in the morning, and I'm like yeah. half dead. They finally get back and say, hey, great, you know, uh, we, we approved the translation, send us an invoice. It ended up being like $20. Oh, my God. Because they pay per word. I was like, dude, I just worked. That's ridiculous. You know, I was too tired to figure out how bad I got ripped off. Sure. <laughs> it was pretty... Yeah, that sucks. But that's the gig economy. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Maybe there are jobs where you get paid a nice, you know, fee for one gig. Right. But I'm not a fan of the gig economy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially if it takes advantage of people who are desperate and, and, you know. Well, and then also you get, and we'll we'll bring this back up, but (laughs) (laughs) since we're here. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Let's dig in. Also, you end up, so... As a person who is, you know, bilingual, whatever, you're also going up against somebody in another country where the cost of living is a fraction of what I have here. Sure. So for them, 20 bucks is a lot of freaking money. Yeah. For me, 20 bucks is like, like, you know, lunch. Right. You know, I mean, lunch is more like 10 bucks here, but like, yeah, right. You know, um, it's, it's really not worth, you know, staying up all night. Oh, not some sleep. Absolutely not. But bringing it back up, you've been yeah. doing this 12 years, Sure, based in L.A., you're going to travel around the world. <laughs> That's right. Next is Korea. Yeah. And, and then uh, um, people say, oh, so have you planned it out? What's the what the path? And I said, the path is the next closest place. You know, I am not, uh, <laughs> um, uh, I am not independently wealthy, you know, um, uh, so I'm, I'm trying to do this uh, as cheaply as possible, at least at the beginning, until... Until the the big uh, iced coffee sponsorships roll in, um, <laughs> I see what you did there. But in comedy, uh, that's called a callback. <laughs> yeah, that's right, and it's a it is a strong weapon in, in improv. It's really good, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so but I my 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 goal now and my job now is to um, 
do the improv shows and then also to document my travels and put out content that I think people will enjoy and continue building an audience. And I think that will lead to, um, that will lead to being able to make money doing this. Um, I've also developed, um, a, a customized improv workshop that I can teach, um, companies or, or, you know, embassies, uh, abroad that build teamwork and camaraderie and are really fun. And I've also made it so that the first hour of that workshop can be taught if people don't speak English, which I, I think is another unique thing that I've never seen out there before. So that's something that I'm going to start pushing and offering to people, um, trying to get a few shows under my belt first and, and get, get a little momentum. But, sure, uh, sure. yeah, it's, uh, it really, it feels like it's all in front of me. Cause that would be the question is like, how are you funding this then? Yeah. At the moment, um, at the moment I've saved up money from, from touring. Um, last August was the heavy touring season back in the States cause all the colleges are coming back to campus. So we, we had a long period where we just tour, 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 show, show, show. And then I do, um, some social media managing as well for a couple people back in the States. Um, so between those things, I'm basically co cost neutral, um, with a little, with a little, uh, loss, I'd say probably I'll, I'll know more in a month after I've been doing this, you know, easy to, easy to do the spreadsheet when you're back yeah. in LA. Yeah. But now that I'm out here, you know, buying every meal and whatnot, yeah. but, um, but you know, and so, yeah, I, I have no problem staying in hostels. And, uh, even though at, at my ripe age of 38, the top bunk is a little, is a little difficult sometimes. <laughs> um, but that's what I'm doing now. So I'm just trying to extend my runway as long as I can and, and stay relatively cost neutral or slightly less. And then hopefully uh, I can build enough of an audience where I can start um, um, making money on this or, or, or teaching the workshops and, and doing that. Nice, nice. Well, it's... When you show this commitment that you're doing this, you're really grinding. You know, yeah. you're starting. You know, starting this really grinding. Yeah. Experience here. Um, I think that commitment. People will see that commitment. I mean, like, I'm here. This, so this is, a, this is a guy who like actually puts in the work. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to, and it's and you know, for me, it's really tough. I my, a thing I've struggled with is I love getting the content and filming stuff. But it's really hard for me when I'm traveling to take a day off in a place where I'm paying to stay or and I'm, I'm only here for a few days and I, I want to get as much from the place that I can for me to sit down like, no, process what you just shot the past three days and make that good and put it in a place where you can put it out because otherwise it just backs up and backs up, backs up. And then I look at it and I have three weeks of stuff that I've shot and it's completely overwhelming. So that's a balance that I've really struggled with before. And I'm very consciously trying to, to work on this time around. Cause it, it's not going to work if I can't, if I can't consistently put things out. Mm. So yeah, consistency is really key, yeah. right? But it's good. I'm going to Hakone for the next three nights, um, starting Thursday. Nice. And one of those days will be, you know, going on the, the stupid pirate ship and the, the rope cable and whatnot. And then the other two days are going to be editing the stuff that uh, I've done here in Japan. Hakone's great, though. And uh, yeah. Japan, okay, so the city, the cityscape, Tokyo Tower, yeah. all that stuff. And I prefer Tokyo Tower over Skytree. A lot of people, yeah, that's what people said. It's got that 
once again, the warm orange glow. It's just so it's cool. friendly. Yeah. You know? uh, it's iconic like the sky tree. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Feel. yeah. And um, the sky tree is more new, mm-hmm. you know, more kind of corporate. Um, uh, yeah. So, but... So Japan as a city. So sorry, when I say Japan, a lot of times I mean Tokyo. Sure, yeah. I, I got, I got your chest. <laughs> Tokyo is very photogenic, mm-hmm. the skyline, and then you'll find like these old wooden houses between skyscrapers and stuff. Yeah, it's so photogenic. The, the golden people, guy. Yeah, yeah. The people are so interesting. Mm-hmm. Kabuki Cho. We that was you know on the <laughs> yeah. the show the other night, right? Kabuki Cho. Like, what's that? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, then uh, you get to the country. You find these beautiful temples and the mm-hmm. the mist coming over the trees in the morning. It's just, oh my gosh! Yeah, the, you know, it's so photogenic as a country. Yeah, and I love that. Uh, obviously, as someone who's you know, Instagram heavy and, and making YouTube's, but right. So I, I've been last time I went to Kyoto, I was here, and then we were in the you know navy towns in the north, and then just to the south and. Yeah, the Navy towns are, are a little rough. Though. They're interesting, yeah. Like, did you go to Yokosuka? Uh, yeah. I think they call it Yokosuka. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> Yokohama, is okay. that it? And then Atsugi. Okay. And the then a place in the far north, but just before okay. you get to Hokkaido. Uh, um, uh, Mitsawa? Misawa? Maybe? Yeah. Maybe? Okay. Yeah. Okay. And they're just, they're, they're catering, you know, the towns are catering to their large American population yeah. and that sucks. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, I mean, I get it. It's, it's economics. Um, and you know, yeah. obviously it's strategically important to have us here. Sure. Sure. Um, and, but and from a cultural standpoint, those cities are tough. Yeah. You know, I, I like going to places where they're not used to seeing foreigners. For sure. Cause if you go like right off the base, the people there don't speak Japanese. They don't speak English. They speak like Japanglish. Right. How are you, ne? <laughs> yeah, like they're to sell. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know? And and that's cool. But I want to have like a complete immersive Japanese experience. You know? Yeah. So, so Hakone is, mm. I'm doing that, which is probably a, a mix of, of like tourist and... Oh, it's a beautiful and, place. Yeah. And then I'm going to uh, Megume, a okay. small uh, postal town. Mm. From on the it would, There's all these postal towns between Tokyo and Kyoto back okay. in the day. It was the road. And so it's just this small little village that has been preserved from that era. And there's another one, and they're two hours walk, and there's a hike in between them that you can do. So I'm doing that. And then uh, Takayama and uh, Shirakawa. Um, So just I'm really – I wasn't able to get into the countryside, see these small places. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be the focus of the next uh, half of my trip. You go to Osaka? Um, possibly. Okay. Um, uh, I would like to do that cause I was in Kyoto when I was here last time. I'd like to see Osaka. It will depend on, um, Korea and scheduling, okay. but. You could redo a black rain. Uh, oh, okay. Scene or sure. Absolutely. <laughs> you can get a truck to chase you or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sure I could figure it out. Um, but yeah. So I, I don't know. I love this country. Me too. I've been here. Gosh, 18 years total. Mm-hmm. Plan to retire and die here. Fantastic. In that, succession, in that order. Yeah, you could do much worse. In, <laughs> in the, in the, but I hope that's like a long time from now. Oh, know, so. uh, no, yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't wishing <laughs> death upon you, but. Uh, We're leaving tomorrow. What do you care about? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We got the, just post the podcast before you do oh, that's that. that's right, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See, that, that's the thing for me too, is I, I just did a YouTube video that'll be released. It's about otaku. And we're doing this podcast today. And this requires very little post. So I, yeah. I'll go through and take out the, you know, like sipping water and the ums and the cool. <clears throat> stuff like that. Sure. 
But other than that, it's really easy. Yeah. The the equipment I use is just. Yeah, I so do. Uh, I do a podcast as well. What's um, your podcast? Uh, you you never guess. It's called Improv Ambassador. No way. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, and so my friend uh, Landon, who um, uh, is back in L.A., uh, I report in once a week, and we kind of go over. We we just go over my travels and review mm. review what I've done. Not really competition of this. This you've gotten the whole the whole uh, spectrum and <laughs> on ours we've already talked about my mission and stuff. Um, okay. but uh, yeah, so it's it's a really fun uh, talk about time capsules, right? This is a great way mm. to um, preserve my travels and to yeah, you know, go back and remember what I did cuz um, which is that's yeah, and in the, the Instagram stories, I mean, I, I it's 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 um it's very ephemeral and silly and whatever, but I, I have that for all my travels. I can go back in the Instagram stories and have a record of pretty much what I've done, or at least the cool things I've done yeah, every yeah. day, and then the podcast where I've talked about my experiences. Yeah. So but, I think these things we're building are are invaluable. Yeah. Well, the Instagram, you're really good at Instagram. Thank you. Yeah, I mean that. The one, so the, I think your icon picture, they call it for Instagram. Yeah, yeah. You with the airplane flying over yeah. and in your logo. Thank you. Ambassador, that's really good. Thank you. Um, uh, and then just your Game of Thrones series. <laughs> yeah. Freaking, like, it yeah. blew my mind. I just, I was just watching <laughs> reel after reel this morning. Sure. You know, um, yeah. So before I interview somebody, I try to learn a little bit about them. You know? Sure. And, um, but, uh, no, that's something you've really got down. Thank you so yeah. much. Yeah, yeah. I, the, the airport thing was awesome. My buddy, uh, Matt Block, uh, who's an improviser and photographer in L.A., I said, hey, you, you want to come out to LAX with me? And LAX is, I mean, it's the worst airport in the world. Don't get me wrong. It sucks. But there's a park, and there's an In-N-Out burger, and right there is right where on the north run or yeah on the north runway the planes just come in right over your head. So that's not Photoshop. Oh no, that's real. Holy Those shit. planes are real. Whoa! I know. How cool is that? Right? <laughs> that just makes it that much better because you got to sit there and get it. The lights got to be right. Yeah, we, we touch the sky up a little bit. Um, okay, okay. But uh, but the planes are real. That's me. You know, I See, brought my suitcase out there and. Uh, I'm so used yeah. to everything being photoshopped. Oh, I know. Yeah. yeah. No, no. If it if it was photoshopped, I would have put the planes in in better positions for my graphic, you know, sense. But yeah, I thought it was great. Yeah, and then the logo. Uh, my friend uh, Mary. Uh, Mary. Doodles, who is a, a YouTuber and has okay. a great audience, she does time lapses of her art, and and then you can buy it. It's amazing. But mm. she uh, did that logo for me, which I think uh, really gives a, a legitimacy to what I'm yeah. doing. Yeah. You know, it's like it's um, very professional. Oh, this, yeah, I think that looks fantastic. So the like these are the little things that have come together in yeah. the past month that have just like made me really believe and get excited about it. Yeah. It's, it's, it sounds stupid, like, oh, a photo shoot or a logo, no, no. but it's, I, it's, I'm very proud of both of those things. And it's those things when things come together, like those yeah. serendipities, you know? Yeah, it's like, good. W- once again, when I heard you're going to go around and do, you know, improv in 197 <laughs> countries, I'm like, hey, yeah. this guy's probably leaving tomorrow, but I'm still going to ask him. Like, I'm, yeah. I was going to go up and talk to you. And, I, you know, it's funny because I do YouTube, I do a show. Yeah. But I'm shy. 
Oh, yeah. And say, I'm sure oh, that's same. like a cliche, right? No, no, I'm the same way. Right? I, I'm very bad at, at, at like talking to strangers and right? introducing myself. And so on I'm stage, the, I'm I'm the right? complete opposite right? of that. But I mean, yeah, I've played. So I I play lead guitar in a rock band. We played a bunch of Van Halen stuff, right? Sure. And I'm out there jamming. Yeah. I'm doing the finger tapping and the wild like acrobatic, you know, mm-hmm. pyrotechnic licks and stuff. And I get off stage and people are like, hey, really good. I was like, oh, thanks. And I'm thinking of the one thing I screwed up. Like <laughs> yeah, one right. part I, I right. missed. Like, right. uh, okay, yeah, thanks. Oh, they're just being nice. You yeah. Know? Uh, you know, but, um, and, you know, a little self-critical, but also, you know, kind of shy. Sure. And so I thought, okay, how can I talk to, I'll just ask him. No, I love <laughs> and that. And you can say no, or you can say yes. No, like, and, and it's up yeah, to you. and I'm a bit shy too, which surprises people. So I, w- I would love that you came up and talked mm-hmm. to me um, because... That's you know I'm I'm very uh, resident to to do that, so, yeah. which is something I need to change, but I'm working on it. <laughs> After 197 countries, you'll be able to do it in exactly ten yeah. different languages. That's know? right. That's right. <laughs> I don't know. I uh, my my ex is uh, my ex is from Argentina, and I tried to learn Spanish while we were together, and yeah. I was, I was really very uh, 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 no bueno. Didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> no bueno. Yeah, muy mal. <laughs> well, you but, guys did great the other night with the. I, so I was the one who shouted out Shotgun Wedding. Oh, great. When yeah. you're asking for topics. And I said, yeah, the cake gone. And, and that was too long. Right? Yeah, it had too to be short. So let me, let me explain. So we yeah. played a game, and it was me and uh, um, Gabe, who was yeah. from the Philippines. And he's hilarious. Oh, my God, Gabe. Like, I'd never met him before, Whoa. but talk about an improv rock star. I'm just looking at him with my mouth open like, this guy is unbelievable. So the the, the game was, in order to... to uh, uh, you know, utilize our lack of, of Japanese knowledge because everyone else in the cast is bilingual. Uh, we They trotted us out there and then they got two phrases for each of us and they didn't tell us what they meant. In, you know, it was Japanese phrases. And then at any point in the show, we said the phrases and then we were with a third person who was bilingual who did the whole scene in Japanese. And you could only use... You we, could only use those two lines. The only only use those two lines. We couldn't use English. We couldn't say anything in English. Our entire characters were just those two lines. So yours were yamete, which is stop it. Yamete and uh, and um, uh, it was like um, I forget the me. Other one. Oh god, I mean yeah, see you, but, memory. But it was so funny because it was like I don't like it or something. Yeah, because yeah. I remember. And who was the third guy? That uh, um, Gabe. Gabe. Oh, and then I no, uh, Bill. 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 Who who like. He's uh, he's an American, but he speaks he's very very good. fluent Japanese very fluent, yeah. and just an just a character. And really funny, and so he was teeing you guys up to make it funny when you would say "stop it," yeah, or when Gabe <laughs> would say "shotgun wedding," yeah, and uh, um, he, yeah, it was really good. And, yeah. and that kind of skill, like to be able to think on your feet like that, <laughs> holy cow! Dude. Well, that one was easy. I just had two lines, yeah. so there was a, there that's wasn't true. much to it. <laughs> but uh, it was funny because you nailed the the like the inflection and the yeah. um, the uh, the time. Well, the timing, of course, you, you got that down. Well, we didn't. Yeah, but we didn't know that we didn't know the timing because we didn't know what he was saying. But you didn't know what it meant, and then, but the. Whatever it was, there was something that worked. It was, we said it like we spoke Japanese. Exactly. That's it. It was confidence. Yes. And that's what made it funny, was that we, <sighs> for me, I'm like, and I'd never played the, that game before. Yeah. It, this is a unique situation where you can wow. play it, you know? Yeah. But it was, I, oh, I'm going to speak this like I absolutely know what it means. I'm going to own totally it. Totally, uh, with total conviction. Wow. Yeah. Like, we, we play a guessing game. 
and where we we get a bunch of suggestions from the audience. Someone leaves the room, and then the person comes back, and you have to guess what those things are, but your teammates only can give you gibberish and pantomime. So it's very tough to, to get guess the things. It's like having kids. Exactly, yeah. But when you guess, you guess like you're 100% right, even uh, though you know for a lot of them on the first try, you know yeah. you're completely wrong. Okay. But what's funny is that I think I'm right. And so uh, I, I, for that game, I'm like, I'm going to play that game like that. I'm going to, I speak these two lines of Japanese and I, I speak Japanese. That's how I approach. So I'm glad, it, I'm glad it came across. It did. Yeah. Good. Because you came across with conviction. Like, yeah. Yamate. Yamate. Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> wow. Wow. So I'm sure this is way down the road, but after 197 countries, what do you think you're going to do? Oh man. Uh, I, I, I have no idea. Okay. I literally haven't, I barely thought of, of Korea <laughs> and countries, you know, Korea, Taiwan, Hong Kong are sort of in my, mm-hmm. my, my galaxy for the next yeah. month or so. I, I literally have no idea. I, I, I still honestly don't know if it's possible. Hmm. Um, but because if I think, if I think about after 197, uh, that, that makes me think of the road Sorry, to make yeah. that possible, I, and I, I, if I think about that, I'll, I'll give up <laughs> because and, it seems it seems see, impossible. And then, and then exactly. So I, I have analysis paralysis. <laughs> That's why I have ten types of iced coffee in my sure. fridge because I'm still worried about, you know, getting sponsorships in ten years. You know, so you're smart to not overthink get the it. clicks, get yeah. the clicks, and that and not, not like. You know, you're not, that's not outrageous. You're not, yeah. you're not making fun of some, you know, someone's haircut on the street. That's like, true. I hate that shit. Okay. Like that's clickbait. But yeah, like, this is fun. I, you know, it's so, it's so stupid when we're having this conversation about it, you know, just this, review them. Th- it'll be that's... a good content. And yeah. who gives a shit about the, the, the sponsorships? Yeah. They're like, I like, just overthink stuff. Yeah. That, like, if you don't like it, then they'll sponsor you and be like, Hey, like help us make it better. I don't know. <laughs> but you got, if you don't, here's one thing that I've seen and this goes for, man, it goes for politics. It goes for acting. It goes for, for anything where you want to have success, and especially in the, the venue that we're in, where we are putting ourselves out there. Yeah. It, you have to keep putting yourself out there. And it's for sh- uh, shy people, even though people might not assume that that's hard, but you have to keep, if you believe in what you're doing and I believe in what you're doing, mm-hmm. I, I think you do too. Yeah. You have to keep putting it out there because the right person is going to see it. Yeah. And for the, for whatever that next thing is, the person mm. you are looking for, that's going to offer you something or yep. create that next opportunity. And that person is just going around. They want to see the next, what they are looking yeah. for, what they are trying to find. And so our job is to keep putting ourselves out there. Yep. And so at some point, the right, the right pair of eyeballs will, right. will see it. And to be authentic, because if I try to be somebody else, um, oh, yeah. you know, I've, I've, told a lot of people like, you know, who my favorite podcasters are, and I won't go through that again, but I have some favorite podcasters that I kind of model myself after, Yeah. but I also try to make it unique and, and not overthink it. I, I just yeah. try to be myself, you know, which and, is why it's unique. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, exactly. And then, so if, if I come across as a certain type of person, because I'm trying to model myself after this, you know, person yeah. that I'm, you know, uh, obsessed with or something. And then people fall in love with that, and then they find out I'm not like that. Oh, yeah, right. They're going to hate me. Sure. So, 
So, and I, and I, I make a lot of uh, analogies between dating and business and mm-hmm. dating and entertainment and stuff. If I am my authentic self on the first date, then exactly. she might not like me, but that's okay. But she's if 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 you're looking for more than a, like a one night stand or something, yeah. she she you're you're gonna have to show eventually. Yeah, so yeah. might as well be on the first date. Exactly. So yeah, if, if I'm my my authentic self, the third date, the fourth date, you know, dating, moving in, getting married, whatever. Yeah. There's no weird disappointment along the way. Like, oh, I thought you were nicer than this. You're kind of a dick. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> or, right. Or oh yeah, he, he's always been kind of a dick. So like, yeah, that's just him. You know. But yeah. There's no letdown yeah. because I haven't portrayed myself as somebody I'm not. For sure. And and that's a, and honesty is a big thing with me too. And, you know, if I'm honest with people, then there's I never have to think that the other foot's going to come stamping down because I've been hiding something. So I've, I've definitely tried to live my life that way. Big because time. Because it's, it's, it gives you anxiety to, like, worry about getting caught or whatever, you know, so... You sound like a person like me who's been through this because it takes a lot of energy. Yeah. It's a lot of energy and a lot of memory space. It's like, what did I tell that person? What did I tell that person? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, it's so exhausting. Yeah, it's not worth it. It's and not I, worth and it. I, I'm, I'm too old to try to remember everything. Yeah, exactly, man. Yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> I mean, we've talked about it. My memory issues. It's like, I only got limited space up there. And By I, the way, who are you and how'd you get in here? No. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> But, uh, and I think I'm, you know, unlike the new iPhones, I don't think my, my, my memory storage is going it's up. It's not going up. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I have no, I have no room for, for, uh, unauthentic uh, yeah. words. But it, it just seems like sometimes as human beings and as men, sometimes we have to go through that to realize like, yeah, I don't want to live like that. Like, sure. I want to be the authentic me because first of all, it's so much easier yeah. And second of all, I can go home and look at myself in the mirror. Right. Instead of thinking like, oh, I was, man, I was not, not myself. Like at that party, like yeah. I was trying to be too funny or I was trying to be too formal. It's like, right. And then I don't have to replay the evening. You know? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and, but if I hadn't gone through that, then it wouldn't be so relaxing to be me now. Right. You know? Right. So whatever. Well, yeah, it's uh, it's all a journey and we're always yeah. learning about ourselves as, as we go along it. Yeah. So. So what I'd love to do yeah. is maybe along this journey, mm-hmm. if we could do like a, a Zoom call or something. Sure. And do a, like maybe 30 minute, Yeah. You know, tell me what you've been up to. And then at the end, um, I don't know when I'll ever end up in LA again. Okay. But you never know. Yeah. I have family in LA. So, yeah. Um, and, uh, but you never know. I'd love to do like another, you know, in-person podcast, but I'd. Great. I think the, the next one, maybe do like a Zoom or something. Sure. You know, 20, 30 minutes, what you've been up to. Yeah. What's going on. Let me get a few more countries under my belt, and uh, yeah, I would love to. I would love to check in. Um, Let's play that by ear. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the plan is to go south, um, like a bird for winter. Um, but uh, <laughs> I don't blame you. But no, man. man uh, just today, so there's a, a Facebook Asia improv group. Oh, nice. And so it's about 350 people, and I posted in there what I'm doing, and so people have been reaching out. Someone from Nepal. Um, p- people from Hong Kong and then and a couple people are really selling me on Thailand in December, which oh. uh, which I, you know, at my computer nodding <laughs> as, yes. I, as I'm reading yes. it. So I think that that's my goal. I, I think if I hit Singapore, um, which has a great improv scene, by the way, uh, I'm going to mm. have to make a decision about do I head west or do I head south? Do I go the Indonesia, wow. Australia, New Zealand route or do I mm. head 
west and and do Southeast Asia, India, Nepal, things like that. Mm. So I think that that might be a um, a key moment to check back in. Yeah, yeah. And hopefully I'll have done four or five countries. That'd be great. Since and then. I can't give you a time frame on no, that. No, no. <laughs> we'll just, we'll just go back and forth on cool. like, uh, Instagram. Yeah, absolutely. Just just keep it open and play yeah. it by ear. Yeah. Um, when you get, or before you go to the Philippines, let me know because I have friends there as well. Great. And Yeah, uh, that's, uh, that's in the, uh, I think that's in the pipeline probably after Hong Kong. Philippines um, is great. Have you been to the Philippines? I have not. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I tell you what, the people are so beautiful and so nice. Yeah. So sweet. And yeah, but Gabe, Gabe, who was the yes. fellow guest in the show, is basically like the godfather of, of Philippines improv. Oh, yeah. He, he, yeah. he was showing me so. pictures on his, his Instagram. He mm-hmm. was like the face of some uh, like yogurt company or something. Sure. Like he's, he's, I mean, who, bl- he's who, well could, known. who could blame them? <laughs> I mean, he's such an expressive he you is. Know, performer. Yeah. He is. So. Um, yeah, I didn't. I forgot about Gabe. Yeah, yeah. But I, I have friends in the Philippines who are cool. more like in the martial arts community. Fantastic. But the, there's crossover between martial arts and uh, comedy as well. Oh, for yeah. sure. Especially improv. You know. Oh you yeah. Gotta, you gotta. You gotta think, think on your feet. <laughs> <laughs> or or on your back. Yeah, or, or you'll be on your back. Yeah, That's exactly. Right, yeah. So um, no, a lot of guys. Uh, Eddie Bravo. Okay. Yeah. Jujitsu teacher. Yeah. He, yeah. he owns several schools. He's doing stand up now. Cool. And uh, there's a couple others. Uh, the names are just escaping me right now. Right, but, uh, Brandon Brandon Schaub, I want to say, was a fighter. Okay, and now he's doing stand up. Okay, of course, Joe Rogan, comedian, and sure, right. And, you know, a, a lot of people. There's uh, there's kind of a crossover there. Cool. And also, it's a great like release valve. Yeah, absolutely. You know? You're dealing in a world that's really intense, and if you can mm-hmm. laugh, it's like uh, <laughs> it's like a vacation. You yeah, know, it's like anything else. Like what I love about comedy and and. Um, any kind of comedy is um, it's that release valve. You know, you can have a stressful week and then on Friday night you go to the, go to the show and laugh your ass off and forget about everything. Yeah. It is. uh, It is great. Vacation for two hours. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's It's a beautiful uh, thing, man. It's great. I I love it. I I love that it's a part of my life and um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to show it to the world. That's the perfect way to end. <laughs> Thank you, Byron Kennedy. Thank you for having right. me. One more time, shout out your socials. Yeah, at Improv Ambassador uh, everywhere except for Twitter, which has no E at the end. But, you know, it's Twitter. It's boring anyway. We'll ask Elon to fix that. Yeah, okay, great. <laughs> All right, thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.